Well, elite female cyclists will have an historic moment later this month when the eight-day Tour de France Femme, or the Tour de France for Women, kicks off in Paris. It's the first time since 1989 that women have featured in their own and the world's most famous bike race, which starts on July 24th, and that's the same day the men's race finishes. To talk us through what the women riders can expect is two-time Australian road cycling champion and SBS Tour de France commentator Gracie Elvin. Welcome to Saturday Extra, Gracie. Thanks. It's nice to be here with you guys. This is a pretty exciting moment for female riders. Can you take us through what's led up to this moment? Why it's taken so long for the women to get their own race back? It's uh, probably going to be one of the bigger turning points for women's cycling in terms of popularity and exposure. Um, It's been building momentum really the last five to ten years in terms of getting more women's racing on live TV or at least recorded to watch in highlights. There just hasn't been a lot of women's TV covered in general in the past and there's been a huge push for you know, some equality across a whole range of races, but particularly the Tour de France. The Tour de France is not just cycling's biggest race, but it's a global event. There's people that tune in from all over the world that watch it just for that one uh, month, I guess, and they probably wouldn't watch other cycling races. So it attracts such a bigger audience Mm. than normal. And to have a women's version of that is uh, so powerful for our sport to gain, you know, a bit more traction in terms of followers and and fans and excitement. And it's just a great sport and it deserves that. It's just taken a long time to get there. Mm. There was a petition back in 2013. It was led by a woman called Catherine Bertine and she had a couple of women helping her, namely uh, Mariana Voss, one of the greatest female cyclists of all time. And that petition garnered over 100,000 signatures uh, worldwide to get a women's Tour de France and that eventuated into having a one-day race in 2014 called La Course and that was the first women's race to be included within that Tour de France package and that was held in Paris on that last day of the men's tour. Uh, The women's cycling was promised that it would evolve and get larger and and go into a multi-day tour but it was only until this year that it actually happened. So women's cycling has been waiting since 2014 for it to go from a one-day race into a tour. So I think a lot of us were just getting a bit sceptical that it would ever happen. And I think when they finally announced it last year that it was going to be in the calendar for 2022, I think there was a bit of uh, not sure if it was really going to go ahead. But I think once they started announcing the courses and the sponsors, I think everyone was like, okay, we can really get excited about Mm. this. This is really happening. So Mm. it's a really big deal. And the Grand Depart or, you know, where they leave from is obviously Paris. Um, Having it televised, I mean, how will that impact on professional women's cycling? What will that do for the sport? In my opinion, and many people agree, is that... uh, the biggest thing that can help our sport is coverage and just to have the ability to show the races in live streaming TV formats or online is much more important than, say, equal prize money to men's racing. Uh, I think that just is going to be so much better for all teams. There are some teams that just don't have the same budgets as others and if there's 
equal prize money, some of the richer teams are actually the ones getting that prize money and it's not necessarily benefiting the sport as a whole, but having coverage of races benefits the sport as a whole and all those teams because they're able to get that exposure. Uh, cycling is really relies on all of the sponsorship and a lot of it comes from companies and, and private sponsors and they need to have a logo on your jersey and to have that on TV if you're in a breakaway or if you get to go on the podium, that's part of the economy of cycling. Mm. Well, it, take me to the spectacle of it all. We know that it is eight stages now. What sort of terrain will the riders encounter? Yes, yeah, going to be a long week, I think. It's uh, going to be a tough week. Eight stages is a great start. I think hopefully in the future it could go up to two weeks. But I think, you know, around that 10-day, 8 to 10-day mark is actually perfect for women's racing. It's a bit shorter. The men's tour is 21 days, which is really long. But the women, eight days, there's going to be some dynamic racing. The stages are a little bit shorter as well and it just – I don't know, women's racing is just a bit more aggressive, a bit more exciting, a little bit more unpredictable. And I think there's going to be a whole new range of fans that are go, oh, this is actually really good. I didn't realize women's racing was like this. And especially on the, the back of the men's tour, a lot of people get those cycling withdrawals. So they'll get a whole other week of racing to watch. But <laughs> the route organizers have done a great job. As you said, it starts in Paris. And I guess that pays a bit of homage to the past women's races that have happened in Paris and it's great that it's on that last day of the men's tour. It's going to be a big spectacle. And then they head across, they'll stay in the northeast of France. They build towards some more hilly stages. They've actually got one stage with a lot of gravel roads in it, which always adds a bit of drama. And then by the end of the tour, they've gone into the mountains. So there's kind of a, a stage for everyone, really. There's going to be a whole range of different winners and and maybe even a different winner every day, which is going to make it really interesting. And to finish on the famous climb, the Planche de Belfi, which is actually where the men's race is finishing today. So I get to go see it today and get to scope it out for the women and hopefully send a few of my friends a few tips on that climb. I think it's going to be a very dramatic finale to the women's race. Yeah, excellent. I noticed you said that it's the it, women's riders are aggressive and unpredictable. I mean, you're a retired pro cyclist. How will that manifest? How, why are they more aggressive and more unpredictable? Well, the, those stages are just a little bit shorter in general to men's racing. Uh, and sometimes they're actually a lot shorter. Sometimes they're, they're really like half distance. So men's racing is more around the 180K, even over 200K per stage. Women's racing is more to the 100 and 150K stages. And because it's a bit shorter, they're just uh, a bit more aggressive throughout the whole stage. Whereas in men's racing, you'll see a lot of attacking early on, a breakaway forms, the peloton settles down. It's a bit more formulaic, whereas in the women's race, it's much less predictable in that way that there's just aggressive racing throughout the whole stage and you're just not really sure what's going to happen next. Yeah, great. And that, I guess, keeps the cyclists on their toes as well as everyone watching from around the world or on on the sidelines. You know, how important are the, the crowds that flock to the stages that, you know, shout, allay, 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 as, you know, you're cycling past? Oh, it's such a great addition to the atmosphere. Uh, back when I was racing uh, about 10 years ago, I didn't retire that long ago, only a couple of years ago, but when I first started racing, some of the races there'd be no one there and it would just you know, be the, the cows on the side in the paddock. But 
<laughs> over the years, it's gained so much more momentum, and I've been in races, especially in the the spring classic season uh, earlier on in the year. Sometimes in Belgium, you'd get a hundred thousand spectators on the side of the road, and for the biggest races like the Tour of Flanders, you'll get a million people out on course if it's a nice day. And I really hope for the women that they'll get some great crowds on the back of the men's tour. But I really don't doubt that they will. There's so much excitement and hype building around this tour and I think they're going to really enjoy that. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you're scoping out the stages, particularly um, some of the men's ones where the women's ones are, are heading to. What sort of tips and tricks might you advise some of the cyclists that are participating? Oh, gosh, I could probably talk about this all day, but <laughs> I, I think just enjoy it. Like I was so grateful to have a career in cycling and just to enjoy every minute, not to wish your time away. I think sometimes you're in a lot of pain as a cyclist. It's a very tough sport. Um, but yeah, just enjoy the moment and enjoy where you are. Look around if you can. Um, it's it's tough when you're really concentrating in the moment in the race, but we get to go to some of the most amazing places as bike riders. And um, it's one of those unique sports that you're on the road all the time. Uh, you get to go from town to town and you get to go to all these funny little places that you probably would have never have gone to as a tourist. So yeah, just, just look around a bit, um, enjoy the moment and uh, yeah, don't take it too seriously, but but um, have some fun out there and um, you've got nothing to lose. Mm, you mentioned that it is tough. We know that the Italian pro women's cycling race, the Giro Donnay, um, will finish, I think, around 13 days before the Tour de France Femme begins. Is that recovery time enough for those those cyclists, um, given that they're both really full-on, high-class, elite events? That's a great question as well, and I think that's going to be answered, I guess, once we get to the Tour de France Fund, because I think a lot of people aren't quite sure. There's probably about, I don't know, 50-50, as a guess, riders that are doing both tours. So not everyone will do both. That Some teams have enough riders that they can split those races up. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of riders that do both. And yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's enough time. And I think the the Giradon has always been around this time of year. It's always been when the men's Tour de France is on. And there's been a lot of, you know, argument about whether that was ever good because there's uh, not that much coverage of the Giro anyway, but is even less because all the journalists are here at the Tour de France and everyone's glued to their TV watching the men's race instead of watching the women's race, even if they have put a broadcast out. So possibly it might be good to change the date in the future, um, put the Girodona in another part of the year if they can squeeze it in somewhere. But, yeah, for this year I think it's going to be tough for some riders and I've actually seen a, a fair few riders already pulling out of the Giro that is still currently running to rest, just to give themselves a few more days to rest up before the Tour de France fun begins. Mm. Well, if you can just um, be drawn to the talent that are racing in these professional teams, wh who's racing, who's competing from Australia? Who are some of the riders to watch? One of my big picks is uh, Grace Brown from Victoria. She has become one of the superstars the last couple of years in women's cycling, she's a very strong bike rider and she's quite a good all-rounder, but she has, you know, amazing engines. So she can get through quite 
hilly stages, but also have a very fast finish. So around the middle of the tour is where I'm going to see, look for her to win a stage or two. And we have um, Amanda Spratt from, from New South Wales, and she's been one of Australia's best cyclists for a very long time. Um, she is a fantastic climber, and she's going to be looking to do well in the overall general classification. So in those last few days of the tour, once they go into the mountains, I think she's going to be really aiming high to do well there. So that's Grace and Amanda. How many Aussies are competing in total, do you know? Uh, There hasn't been a start list announced yet, but I'm guessing there'll probably be around five or six, if not more. So I'm really excited for the Aussies and I'm definitely going to be tuning in just to watch them. Tuning in, setting the alarm clock, whatever it may be. It's going to be a fascinating and exhilarating time to be watching the sport. Thank you so much for joining us, Gracie. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Gracie Elvin is a two-time national road cycling champion and SBS Tour de France commentator. She's also the first Australian female rider to record a podium finish at the Tour of Flanders for women in Belgium in 2017.